Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alex Italander here. Before we get this week's Behind the Ostium started, I just wanted to talk about the Ostium Sagas. It's a spin-off series I've come up with where Steve finds an ancient tome hidden in the Ostium network and begins recording the stories within its pages of people going through Ostium doors and getting stuck in whatever time they're in. Right now it's only being released on our Patreon. However, you can get instant access to the number of episodes already released by becoming a patron at any level. To do that, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast and become a member for as little as $1 or $2 a month and start listening to this original series. New episodes are released every week, and the Ostium Saga is going to be running for a long time. Once again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Okay, on with this week's Behind the Ostium. Welcome to some more Behind the Ostium, and in this episode, we are diving into episode 33, and I meant to write down the titles, and I didn't. Do you have to remember the title, Dwayne? 33 is Old Digs. Old Digs, that's right. Okay, so um, it starts off again with a slow music introduction, and it's different from the music in the first episode with Monica, but it's a similar type of music with kind of a beat to it. This, in my mind, when I was kind of thinking what sort of music I wanted for each of the characters for the season, this was what I had in mind for Monica was, like I said, music with a beat to it. It kind of fit her style, um, how she's always on the move, looking for more, trying to find out more, as opposed to Jake and uh, Dave, who are kind of learning about stuff and discovering stuff. And that's more kind of slower, more emotional music. So here again, I had something with a beat, different piece of music again. So that runs through the whole episode, like all the episodes do where it's the same piece of music repeated over and over, but it was a Monica-type music with a beat. Um, continued right where we left off with the cliffhanger at the end of episode 31, so that you kind of remembered how that ended, and we didn't just like move on, pretend that wasn't a big deal, but kind of continuing right on from that. Um, and really starting to show how Monica is feeling at the beginning of this. She's run down and tired, Um kind of starting to feel the wear and tear of what she's doing here in the Ostium network and, and dealing with everything, processing everything and how she's getting through. And that it was my point to kind of start to show that she's no spring chicken. We've never really talked about how old Monica is. So this was kind of my opportunity to say, okay, I need to decide how old Monica is. And I set the age at 56 because I knew she was going to be a decent amount older than Jake, not, way older, but a decent amount older because of what we find out later on in the episode. So, Dwayne, did you think Monica was this old, or was it a shock to you? No, I definitely didn't think she was that old. Um, I didn't think she was probably as young as, um, like, when you had the artwork released um, mm-hmm. of, of Monica. I didn't think she was as, as young as she appears in that artwork. Um I, I didn't think she was like twice Jake's age, but I, I did think she had a few years on Jake. Right. So uh, we have that. And then we have Monaco at the cemetery um, and her kind of processing 
how could this be? Again, this was something that couldn't have existed in Ostium before. She would have known about it to some degree, at least at some point, um, which means that basically this happened in the last 10-year period when she wasn't in the Ostium network, or this is a totally different Ostium network. Again, both possibilities are would work in this world. Um, again, the hearing, seeing the cemetery and seeing all the people that have passed, it hits her home again to say that she's all alone once again in the Austin network. Um, and we have a juxtaposition here with Monica dealing with the fact that she's all alone and having to process that while we have the Jake and Dave storyline where even if they kind of start to learn that they're all alone, they at least have each other. So there's a, a different dynamic going on with Monica processing her loneliness and Jake and Dave knowing they at least have the company of each, of each other, at least have the company of each other. Um, and seeing the grave and everything makes her realize how far everything is away, um, how distant everything is from her and that she may never see Dave again, her son. Um, wait, I guess I shouldn't spoil that. <laughs> Well, if you've listened to the episode, you already know that. But she might never see her son again, whoever her son might be, if you haven't listened to this point. Um, <laughs> and that's when she starts to crack a little, kind of, you know, reach a new low for her, hit rock bottom. And then she comes back with a new hope that she is in the Ostium network now. She's not trapped in Ostium. She has the opportunity to find out what she needs to find out. All the answers are here for her. And that means she has a, a chance. There's no one here to kind of slow her down or stop her. She can go and look and find the answer she needs and hopefully find out where Steve is and if there's a chance of finding him. Um, I talk in this one about the wonderful weather that always seems to be prevalent in the Austin network. And this was a point to say, whatever weird dimension flux world they're in, it always stays the same, a perfect, you know, 75 degrees, blue skies, not too hot, not too cold, Goldilocks zone. <laughs> um, as Monica continues searching, um, we get to hear some tidbits and details about her known history with the Ostium network. Um, she goes through some of the other people's data pads, but um, we're again still get the mystery of who's the big person, who's running the Austin network, who's the guy behind it all, We've had hints along the way, but we still don't really know officially. Um, Monica has fun talking about different kinds of time travel from the various media she's had to research, talking about tangents, um, which just all helps her understand the Austin network that she's in now. We throw out the possibility of a sickness that might have killed everyone and it might still be here, um, but she faces reality and just accepts that if that's the case, then it's what it's the world she's stuck in and she'll just move on as Monica does. She goes with the flow. Um, but probably in the back of the mind, she's figured if she survived this long, it's probably going to be okay. She'll get through it. Um, and then begin talking about the big secret with the Ostium network that made it worth having their implants taken out with the rejuvenation technique. And this is hinting at talking about when I was talking earlier with her age and how older she is and how, you wouldn't have necessarily known this. Jake didn't know this by any means because of how long, young she looks. And here's the reason why with this rejuvenation technique that makes everyone live a lot longer and potentially forever because it's the future and that's what we all want. We want to live forever, but also have the chance to end it when we want to. 
on that on that note, I do mm-hmm. have a question from Pat. Um, I have two actually. Why would Monica want to look only slightly older than her son? Mm. Thanks for those questions, as always, Pat. Um, and not like way older or way younger. <laughs> I, I think that the tone by the tone of the question, I, I'm interpreting that as would it be odd as a parent to be the same age as your child um, mm. or a close to the, you know, appearing at least the same age as your child? I think when I was writing her with her being older, considerably older than a lot of the people in the Austin network too, um, she wanted to take advantage of this and to continue having young looks, but not be, not to go to the extremes that other people go to because she in some degree considered herself above everyone else in some ways. And like, well, I'm not going to do what all the kids are doing and make myself look really young. I'm just going to, you know, Taking some advantage of it, make myself feel good. I don't want to have those aches and pains of old age, of middle age, and um, but not go over the top with it. Okay. And the the other question is, um, Pat's question was, why wouldn't she open up to Jake about her true age? Why it, not that Monica has ever kept a secret, mm-hmm. um, but why why was that uh, important for Monica to keep a secret from from Jake? I'm sure part of her was knowing it would be a big shock to Jake. And because at this point, he doesn't know what they can do in the Oxygen Network, that there is this rejuvenation technique and sort of thing like that. Um, so she wanted to keep that to her. I didn't want to tell him about that um, because of such a shock it would be. And then also, I think she was waiting for the right moment. She knew it would be a threat to whatever relationship they have at this point. And that doing something that big could change things. And as confident as Monica always shows herself, you know, deep down, she cares about Jake just as much as he cares about her. And she wouldn't want to ruin the thing they've got going. <laughs> In time, she would have. Yeah. Uh, and the the process reminds me of other stories that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't remember the specific story that it first came up in but robert heinlein's uh, mm-hmm. written about it several times and the one that i remember it from is the number of the beast um and that's sort of like a, a hodgepodge of a bunch of his different writings um, um it basically is about alternate timelines or mm-hmm. alternate universes um and a professor makes this device that allows them to hop from you know reality to reality um and some of the changes are subtle and some of them are not and one of them they actually end up well several of them they actually end up in a world that's based on a book Mm -hmm. um they they end up in oz um and and they they find out that the worlds they're going to are being created by their memories so these alternate universes aren't just like ours some of them are specifically created from our memories Mm -hmm. So some of them are Robert Heinlein's other books. And in one, <laughs> in one of them um, that deals with the Lazarus Long family, they, they are very long-lived. Um, and, yeah, so, and, and they, the, the people in the main story take advantage of that technology. Um, and they do something similar where there's an, an older woman and a very younger woman. And they just, the, the older woman, I just want to tighten some things up. 
Yeah. I, I don't want to be young again. I went through that once, you know? So, so it made, it made sense to me um, mm-hmm. from that point of view um, uh, that Monica wouldn't want to go all, you know, being a 21 year old body again. And there was a certain um, part of risk to that too, when you went the full way that you could have some complications. And of course, too, like she can just do this minor change again later on if she needs to. And, you know, it's a repetitive thing that you can do. So um, she just sees it as doing it that way, taking advantage of it, but not abusing it. Right. And it doesn't lock you in. Mm -hmm. I I like that aspect that um, if you're, if you're done, you're, you can just decide to be done. (laughs) Right. Not one of those. um, Now I find myself immortal and and that's terrible. (laughs) Exactly. Which is the, the, yes, the crux of all these issues with, like, you know, the vampire, you got to chop your head off or stick to the heart or whatever. <laughs> There's got to be a way out of it. Um, I think Mary Shelley wrote a, st- a short story. It was, I think, about that, where it was a person who was immortal and just, of course, there's the heartache then of outliving all the people you care for and stuff like that. And if you don't have a way out, then it's almost its own kind of doom that you wish you would never had in the first place. Yep. So um, with this rejuvenation technique and you know, being able to make yourself look on younger, um, it set up a kind of fun juxtaposition in this episode where we had Monica here being able to go through this process and make herself look younger while it seemed like everyone else had died. <laughs> um, I got to have fun kind of showing how the system worked and having it be pretty simple so that Monica could do it herself. One, because I wanted her to be able to do that. Um, to make herself keep her youth as she wanted it. Um, but also it, it doesn't need to be that complicated sometimes, you know, it, it's fun to just keep stuff relatively straightforward for people to enjoy. Plus I had fun with the sound effects of going through into the chamber and doing all this <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Georgia McKenzie who voices Monica has a very unique way of saying comfortable <laughs> she says comfortable and see it's every syllable which is wonderful and so i've now made it my goal to try and use that as much as possible in, <laughs> for her character to use it what do you think i mean have you noticed that Dwayne? what do you think about how she says it? no i i think someone um online has actually commented on mm. that but no I, I had noticed it myself uh it didn't it didn't strike me as um off-putting you know mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't interrupt the flow of the scene um listening to so many podcasts i hear a lot of different accents um i don't listen to any other non-english speaking shows but i do mm-hmm. listen to some from england and, right, and other right. you know so mm-hmm. so i hear a lot of other um phrasings and you know especially words that i'm like all right i'm gonna have to google that you know <laughs> but uh but you know so when when she says that it, it didn't it didn't throw me off um, i just feel it makes more of her an interesting character for Monica. yeah 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 i mean it, it, it's really hard to pinpoint um having met georgia mm-hmm. the, and hearing monica it, it's hard to pinpoint what geographically where i would put monica's character being mm-hmm. from um yeah, she seems very traveled. Exactly. You know, and yes. that we do, I mean, with that backstory, you do get to see a lot of that with her traveling yes. and then having a, you know, sort of British son growing up in that culture and stuff and in Europe and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Um, I do remember also uh, Chris Fletcher, who does Jake, was when I had him do when they were going to Fort Bragg, which is in Mendocino County, which is you know close to me somewhere I've always known. But then the first time he said it, because he'd never said the word, he said Mendocino, making it this wonderful Italian <laughs> word, <laughs> which I had him change. But I think there's an outtake of it somewhere or whatever, where it's him <laughs> just saying it. And then I just burst out laughing. <laughs> So then um, here at this point here, we're towards the end of the episode where Monica is visiting Steve's apartment um, and she's going through seeing all the kind of mementos and knickknacks remembering him. And then at the end, she notices that the framed photo that has always been there is gone. And this is definitely part of the with each episode here. I want to create a sense of um, building tension. And to have a kind of mini, almost mini cliffhanger at the end of each one to kind of build and pull into the next one. So, you know, at this point, probably, well, the next episode is going to be Jake and Dave. And then after that, we'll finally get to find out what happens at the end of this one in that future episode. I like the way they bounced back and forth Mm -hmm. um, within in the ep- it well like this was like a monica episode and you know the, and then you had to wait it was kind of like going back to the old serials where mm-hmm. um you, you didn't maybe get the uh the continuation of the storyline you were following so you had to wait another week for that one. yeah um, mm-hmm. right and i was always in my mind if that was the kind of setup i wanted when i was kind of outlining and starting to write the, the season um but uh, I think lost my train of thought. The phone book distracted me. Sorry about that. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Who's calling you this late at night? <laughs> Is it important? No, no. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, even though I knew that was the setup, I wanted the back and forth. I also wanted to try to do a little something different with it and not just make it too straightforward and kind of back forth, back forth, but do a little tricks with you know building momentum building tension and then also having little mini cliffhangers to to keep you hooked and wanting to know what was going to happen next and i liked the way that they are the, the cliffhangers are kind of connected mm-hmm. um and in, in a way that you're not sure if um and we haven't talked about it but at the end of the episode there's the explosion mm-hmm. and i believe we did discuss this before it's hard to yep. know when you hear them is it a different explosion or is it the mm-hmm. same explosion from the other episode? Um, you want to believe it's they're hearing the same thing, but then you're like, maybe not. Um, so it's hard to tell. I, I got and that, that was interesting questions. <laughs> yes. And it was, it was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The, um, the explosion too. the fact that there was no, no, th- no direct we heard it they heard it they maybe even commented on it but it was like no one was able to pinpoint where to go to investigate it um right so that that i mean you it know it's just terrifying that's it's just yeah yeah it's you, you've got to leave the door open and that definitely leaves leaves the door mm-hmm. open no pun intended and again, it, oh that's yeah, oh no if there's a door it's always intended to pun <laughs> um but and as we, I think we talked about in one of the other previous episodes too, that this was kind of a, a mystery for this season too, and it kind of all builds and, and moves that way too. Yeah, it works well. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.